Hello everyone and welcome to AC23, your weekly peek at the arts and culture scenes of Baton Rouge, the capital region of Baton Rouge. My name is Chancellor Zero Skidmore. My producer is Jeremy Porcine. You can stream this episode and previous episodes at the Arts Council's website, artsbr.org. Or you can go to Apple Podcasts to stream it, subscribe to it, and give it five stars. Because if you like the show, but you don't tell us, it's kind of like you're keeping a secret from a friend. And that's not what real friends do. Kind of makes you a bad person. So, five stars. All right. We got our Arts Council calendar highlights. They are as thus. Delphio Marcellus and his Uptown Jazz Orchestra are performing on May 13th, 7.30 p.m. at the Shaw Center for the Arts. Mr. Marcellus is one of the top trombonists, composers, producers in jazz today. Big band jazz is a rare treat anywhere these days, so don't miss out. This performance will be preceded by the Alvin Baptiste Hall of Distinction Award Ceremony. Get your tickets at manshiptheater.org. That's manshiptheater.org. Next up, Dr. Charles Brooks is going to be at Corum Hall on May 28th, 7.30 p.m. Dr. Brooks is an astonishingly gifted vibraphonist. He and his band will be performing his groove-heavy style of fusion from his previous albums and his new release entitled Soul Survival, Soul Survivor. This music is going to be cool, mellow, and beautiful. Come chill with the doctor. Tickets are available at artsbr.org. That's Dr. Charles Brooks at Coram Hall, May 28th. Now, both these shows will be outdoors and socially distanced, just so you know. Lastly, the exhibit entitled Evicted is still on display at the Firehouse Gallery in Baton Rouge. It's art with a message focusing on the issue of poverty in America. It's a collection of photography, graphic art, film clips, and interactive displays that respond to the extremely common practice of low-income renter eviction. It's unique, it's informative, and for me... It's an opportunity to spend some time really contemplating on the struggles of good people who are just not as fortunate as I am. So I really, really love this exhibit. Uh, it's up until May 28th, again, at the Firehouse Gallery. That's at 427 Laurel Street. Admission is free, but you do have to register online so that the number of indoor patrons at any given time can be controlled because of COVID-19. Uh, register at artsbr.org. All right. Today's guest has been listening, looking, and loving his clients since 2006 when he officially started I Wander Photo to express his photographic gifts. Those sessions have taken him across the United States and the world in pursuit of the perfect image. He and his wife, Jency Griffin Hogan, a prior AC23 guest, finished building their dream studio and home complex on Goodwood Boulevard last fall and have planted lifelong roots in their beautiful hometown of Baton Rouge. Aaron Hogan, welcome to AC23. Hey, Zero. Welcome, welcome, man. Good to be here. Yes, indeed, Excited. man. So um, I, I, I read in your bio that you started iWander in 2006. That's around the time I met you. I was working at Big Buddy at the time. That's right. I had just started at Big Buddy. I have to say 2006 because, you know, there's a legal thing with being a student, taking income from people. I'm not going to incriminate myself or anything, but <laughs> I incorporated in 2006, let's say. I've been shooting photos since 2002. Tommy Talley, who you may know, first gig I ever did was Tommy's wedding. Oh, I saw those 2002, pictures. 2002, man. <laughs> I saw those pictures on social media one day, yep. Uh, I got to tell you about that real quick. 
<laughs> I shot film and lost just about every photo and had almost nothing to share with the family. I had a few photos from the dance, the wedding, a few family pictures, but man, Whoa. I shot over a roll. Like literally, did, I had a film camera. You could, you could accidentally not advance the film. And so I double exposed a lot of the images. They were artsy and weird, but not usable. So man, I I reduced my invoice. My big invoice was five hundred bucks to shoot his wedding. <laughs> I reduced it to two fifty plus. Um, I think I took off. I think it was two forty three and fifty cents or something like that. So so even the masters make rookie mistakes in the beginning, <laughs> right? Oh, it was sad, man. <laughs> <laughs> so um, man, uh, you, you seem like somebody who's been holding a camera since infancy. I I don't know if I've ever like now I'm looking at you like you don't have a camera in your hand, but like every time I see you, right, you're holding your camera. So like, how, when did you start? How'd you get into photography? It was uh, after high school, right after high school. I sat out a year, went to Italy for like four months, lived with this Christian missionary dude Whoa. Around two th- right at 2000. And the guy was a stained glass artist as a hobby. He was, his hobby was making stained glass art. Mm. So he taught me about lighting. We went, we went to these beautiful churches, these cathedrals in uh, northern Italy, and he would just point out, the way the light would come through there, and I just started noticing light falling on things literally for the first time. I remember seeing it and feeling it and wanting to capture it. I had a, a compact film camera. It was a point-and-shoot I got for $1 at a garage sale before I left on the trip. So that's what I captured it with. And those photos didn't turn out at all. So when I saw the results, I was like, dang, I want to learn to capture life as I see it and make me feel what I felt when I was in that space, you know? Yeah. And so right when I got back to the United States, uh, four months later, first thing I did was got a camera, a 35-millimeter film camera. I could change all the settings myself. Got books from the library. There was no YouTube then. Got books from the library and just ate it up, man, just devoured every <laughs> bit of knowledge. Started developing my own film in a darkroom before I started LSU. So as a freshman, everybody else was kind of like figuring it out. I'd already been doing it in my bathroom as a, in a dark room. And then Tommy said, can you, when I met Tommy uh, the next semester, he's like, would you shoot my wedding? I was like, I have no idea how to shoot a wedding, but sure. But yes. I just, I was not scared. I was like, sure. So that was the beginning, I guess, 2002. Wow. Wow. And, so um, you mentioned uh, a high school. Where'd you go to high school? I went to Bel Air High School. Okay. Uh, I finished a year early. I really couldn't stand high school. I was, I was really good at academics, but yeah. wanted to be like, Beyond all that, I just wanted to like start doing creative stuff. I was into drawing and painting at the time. Uh, I didn't know it. I didn't understand photography at all. So uh, throughout high school, I was kind of a dork, a little bit artsy dork, and and didn't do any sports. And so I was I was pretty much laughed at a lot, made fun of. Um, didn't have a good experience. Didn't go to like proms, dances, and none of that stuff. Um, Bel Air was turning into a kind of a negative environment, actually, that last year. Yeah. It's becoming like just, they pulled out the medical program. They put, it was like a lot, of, a lot of neighborhood kids. And I was definitely like kind of just the laughing stock. I was a minority and I don't know. I didn't, I didn't fit in. So anyway, I. Um, you were an artist. So yeah. yeah that's what. <laughs> you said I'll have to say you were an artist. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> yeah. Same here. Yeah. Um, so do you still do any of the drawing and painting? I don't. Um, photography took over my life by storm, man. And when I get into something, I like throw my life and soul into it. Yeah. Just like, just like my wife, just like my dogs, just like yo-yoing and magic tricks and drumming. Those are the other hobbies that I have. I didn't so, know you drum. Oh, man, I got a drum room in my new studio we just built. 
I got a whole room dedicated to my kit, and I bought a new uh, hand pan, this metal drum. I should have brought it, man. I got to come on. I got to oh. bring the congas over. We got to jam oh, one day. Oh, yeah, jam session, bro. <laughs> so so I, I don't know. Maybe you've kind of already answered this question, but I, I really wanted to ask, like, what is it about photography that just makes it special to you above all else? Man, being feeling like kind of a reject in middle school and high school, um, being bullied a lot. Photography for me was a way to express um, my love to others by showing them the most beautiful version of themselves that I can create. Wow. And so it gave people a sense of like self-love and respect by me showing them a beautiful portrait of themselves. I photograph people more than anything. I do a lot of commercial stuff, but people is where I really, my heart is. And taking a photo of somebody who comes to me and says, I don't like the way I look. You can't take a good picture of me. And changing that narrative they built around themselves their whole life and and within a 30 minute session an hour session there i've had people crying looking at the pictures on the camera which is so meaningful to me so that's it man it just like it's like building up their soul like giving them some kind of self-esteem boost especially high school seniors who are like struggling with some kind of belief about themselves they might they might be like me i was made fun of a lot so seeing that student i go after them you know and i like i like build them up and the parents say you know you made a difference in my kid's life today that's yes. that's everything, bro. Seeing a mom cry looking at her son's pictures or daughter's pictures, bro, that's um that's why I keep doing this, man. It feeds me every single time. Wow. If they don't want to buy anything, I don't care. I want to make sure I made a difference somehow in their life. And so it's um everything I do involves some kind of emotion and beautiful light, but some way to make the person's soul like really shine. So I do headshots a lot, corporate headshots, right? But within like a two or three minute shoot, I'm able to bring out a bit of their personality that they kind of might hide, right? Yeah. Like some men don't want to show their teeth when they, they're like, I don't want to smile. But I know their job is in sales, so they got to be <laughs> client facing. So I like to, I like those uh, little icebreaker. I'm like an icebreaker, you know, I kind of like get yeah. in there. I kind of chip away at that hard edge. I've seen you work. You, you, you're great at that. <laughs> thanks, man. So well, that's, uh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Um, I've, I've, you know, my daughter who's a stylist she said the exact same thing it's, it's uncanny she's like I love making people look good look their best and it just it does something for her to see them so good have that reaction of oh look how you made me look and you know thinking about the high school thing like so often those kids are comparing themselves to people in magazines who've had great photographers shoot them right absolutely awesome so before camera phones, we all kind of had that one little point-and-shoot camera we dusted off for birthday parties and vacations, right? Now we all do photo shoots of our lunch. Uh, has the camera <laughs> phone done the art form of photography any favors? It's made people more aware of uh, the need for, for having, you know, good photography. It's made people, the better the phone gets, um, the more I've had to push myself and the more we as professional photographers have had to just one up them, right? So <laughs> instead of us allowing us to be stagnant and to just like reach a plateau and just always think, oh, I got a better camera than the, than those than my clients. Now it's like, no, they might actually have a phone that produces a decent photo that competes with a DSLR or a high end mirrorless that I'm using. So we have to constantly be educating ourselves on better techniques. For me, um, I've I've branched into video, which video is is not just an every person thing. You know, they, they don't just 
phones do get good video, but the editing is a whole nother situation. So yeah. constantly pushing myself. I built a studio because I love studio lighting. Studio lighting is not for the everyday person. They're able to use natural light or on-camera flash or something. Yeah. But phones still, they don't, you, you don't use a phone and connect it with like a studio strobe or anything like I'm using. It, it's not really possible. So the um, I think the the edge that I'm able to have is to educate myself on better lighting techniques. Yeah. And with that, I'm able to bring out better quality images. Um, so having a lot more experience in, in video has helped make my photography better. I think all these good cameras out there just makes me constantly want to get better and better and better every year. It's easy, trust me, to want to – this is my 18th year as a professional. easy to want to just like sit back and finally just rest and be like, okay, I've reached a, per- a point where I can just coast. But it's not, it's not possible because the consumer yeah. phone, I mean the iPhone 12 or whatever, dude, it's, it's damn good. <laughs> are, there, are there more professional photographers in Baton Rouge now than when you started? A ton more, yeah. And, and my market for weddings, we do a ton of weddings, is more so New Orleans. I do a lot of weddings here, but I do more, more in New Orleans. And there's way more photographers there. Um, it's, there's no barrier to entry in, our, in, in photography. Right. There's no education you have to have. I went to LSU for photography and uh, dropped out my senior year to, to pursue it full time because I had already done like 62 weddings my senior year. <laughs> wow. And so I, in, the, in the last year, I was like, I've never reached 62 in a year before, except my senior year I did, which shows you I was just building and building and building until 2006 whenever I was like, OK, I'm going to quit this school thing and just do this full time. Yeah. But yeah. but yeah, the uh, number of photographers has, uh, I mean, gosh, it's like 10 times more, but it's it's easy to get into this just with a camera and just understanding basic lighting. So what I did was I turned that into a business opportunity. I teach photographers. I teach my competition. I lead classes, intermediate, start base, basic first, then intermediate, and then advanced. And then I do one-on-one training with people. I'm not afraid of teaching my competition how to better themselves. Because honestly, if we all are doing better stuff, then it's just helping elevate my career, you know? It elevates the industry. Yeah, the whole industry. And we can charge more, you know? So I think, I think it's important, the more education out there about photography, the better we're all going to become. So I'm not afraid of, of like, oh, there's too many photographers. Man, I just, I just stood out. I just decided I want to be a leader in this. I'm going to just see some people that might need a little help with their lighting. And yeah. instead of laughing at them, I've reached out to people like, hey, I do classes on lighting. Would you like to learn? And they're so all about it, you know? That's awesome. That's such a great philosophy. Um, so I make a big deal about this, and maybe I'm making too big of a deal of it. Uh, but I'm always, you know, talking to artists out there, you know, trying to tell them how important it is to have good updated headshots. Am I making too big of a deal of it since some of them <laughs> send in, like, cell phone headshots? Oh, gosh. <laughs> Man, headshots, I do more headshots than any other kind of photography yeah. by, not by volume. Um, and it's so important to have that first impression. Like, I look at people that email me, and I see their little bio photo in their, in their, in their email, <laughs> and I just sometimes chuckle. I'm like, God, that person doesn't care about their their career. I literally use that headshot to determine a lot about this person, even if it's not true, but it just speaks volumes about them, either positive or negative. And so you can tell when somebody puts a lot of effort into their appearance, right? Yeah. They're grooming, right? Just their personal grooming, how they show up. Headshot does the same thing. Um, and a lot of times people don't even have a headshot and maybe they should because they're public facing figure, you know? So I think that 
I mean, we charge like one one fifty for a headshot for fifteen minutes, and in that fifteen minutes, dude, I'm getting quality. I'm getting them two photos. Mm-hmm. They're able to get like a really like top level headshot to compete out there in the workplace, or just for dating websites. <laughs> <laughs> hey, because you're competing one way or another, right? That, that's so yeah, it. I think no man. Thank you for being that. Thank you for promoting that. That's that's huge. Uh, it's so it's so huge. Like, whether you know, it be at artists, the arts council, we book acts, you know, and yeah, and we need that headshot to help promote the act. You know? And that headshot in that one little picture can speak so much volumes about their personality, like what they believe in about themselves. Yeah, what kind of individual they are, whether they're creative, business type. Um, there's so much you can you can learn about somebody in that one little picture. So a good photographer who can like see those things about that person mm-hmm. through listening to them first. We do a phone consultation or in-person consultation before we do a session every time. I love to learn about people to understand what they believe about themselves and what the, what's that narrative. And if it's like a bunch of negativity, I'm going to spin it. I'm going to spin it to something positive because I want people to like be attracted to that person for good. So, yeah. so you shot me. On more than one occasion. Yes. And there's music. Like, we're having a good time, right? <laughs> yes. Uh, and so I, I think, like, you know, you're, you're so good at kind of putting people in a place where they can, like, really relax and, and kind of, you know. Uh, my wife saw the, the last pictures, the pictures me and Tommy did. She said I was smoldering. Oh. And, and I was like, I don't know how to smolder, but uh, <laughs> if, if I'm smoldering, that's Aaron. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, I learned a long time ago from my dad that you only get – in this world, what you're willing to give. Mm. So you apply it to anything. And in photography, if I'm looking to get something positive out of somebody in a photo session, I've got to first be that and fully be that, become that, so that they that rubs off on that person. If people come in kind of like this negative self-talk, right, in the headshot, they're like, yeah, you're not going to get a good photo of me. And I just see this like this thing. Of course, I told you earlier, I look at that as a challenge. Challenge accepted. <laughs> I'm going to turn that narrative around. But um, I, I believe that having a um, me showing up with a big smile, me making direct eye contact, even if they're looking down at the ground, which happens sometimes, people just don't make eye contact a lot. Yeah. Um, me putting that out there and, and, and being confident with them helps them open up. Wow. And so I love, I love it, man. I love doing headshots. <laughs> so um, before we run out of time, I, I want to talk about the, the new studio and I want to talk about the, the feature. Yes. Um, all right. It's a new studio. Four years ago, Jensi and I were looking for land to get. Uh, actually, we're looking for a building on Government Street. That's where it, where it started. And land on Government Street has been very expensive. It's been a lot of booming. Uh, and so we just were looking at like places around like South 14th where that new uh, Red Stick Social. It mm-hmm. wasn't a Red Stick Social yet. It was just an idea. And so we were like, what if we bought over here? And then Jensi's like, I want to live there. And I don't feel comfortable yet living in that spot. And so I was like, fair enough. So we started looking closer uptown on government and didn't find anything in our, our price range. And finally, we came across this little dilapidated building on Goodwood across from the library. It was a little children's daycare center that was the holes, the holes in the floor were like rotting through. It was pretty bad. Wow. We were like, we could bulldoze this thing and have a half acre lot right in the center of town. And so we put an offer in and got it for way lower than we expected and sat on the land for a while. We worked with an architect, Dwayne Carruth, amazing guy, builds modern homes, mm-hmm. not necessarily commercial. He doesn't like commercial too much, but we got him to build, to, to design the space of our dreams. And man, we live up the, we live in the top floor above a hair salon, which is where our, our four tenant spaces are, 
which helps afford the note. The note. And so there's a gorgeous little hair salon underneath our house. Bokeh. And then bokeh, yeah. I call it bokeh, which is the Japanese word for ah. the out-of-focus elements of a, of a background, you know, right, like in right. a lens, the out-of-focus light orbs. That the, that the cell phones can do now. Yes. <laughs> Fake, but yes, can do it. Uh, so the, uh, the commercial space is in the front. That's where my office is in our studio. We have an all-white studio with glossy white floors, have a curved wall in there, have a shower head at 16 feet in the air that shoots rain down to people. Not, <laughs> not unexpected. I tell, I tell them what's up, you know. Um, but it's climate-controlled r- water rain shower. It's pretty amazing. Um, I do a lot of dance photography, so I needed something that was like gave me that edge, you know? Yeah. So, like, why not have water in my studio? Wow. So we built a floor to support that. And um, it's got a huge roll-up door. It's north-facing, and if any photographers out there are listening, north-facing light is, of course, our our favorite thing on the planet. Yeah. Because the sun's never in the north, so you get this beautiful soft light all day out, the daylight hours long. Um, we uh, we are we are blessed, my friend, and <laughs> thank God every day for it. So, our staff has been growing big time since we moved there, and um, and we're now looking at doing another hair salon outside of the city, to wow. um to to expand that salon. So the concept of the salon is not just a single salon; it's four individual salon suites, which is not a new concept. No, no, no. But each tenant has their own separate business, and so we're able to offer services for our brides and for our clients. That all one stop shop, you know. Really, Ma- microblading is in there. Facial, uh, an esthetician does facials, um, hair, makeup, dry, uh, blow dry bar, even for people that just want to blow out. And so the um, the the new one that we want to do is going to be four times bigger. And we're either looking at Lafayette or Hammond. We have we're starting to look at land right now to do that. Wow, to do that separate thing. We don't personally do hair. We just love the concept of supporting these uh, hair and makeup artists, um, and it's a, it's a lucrative business. Wow. So before we go, the feature, the big news. Jency, yeah. my <laughs> wife, is a fantastic actress and producer and director. She um, and I have written a st- or We didn't write the story. We wrote the concept for a story about our, our life, how we met. She met a photographer who did not want children, and she wanted kids. In fact, when I met Jency, she had four names picked out for the four kids she was going to have. I told her, I'm not having kids. <laughs> and wow. I'm so adamant about that. We're, we'll, I'm willing to break up with you. If, if this is a big deal for you, I'm not going to change your mind. We're just not going to be together. So the movie is about that dilemma. This photographer that she meets and falls in love with tells her this. And he says, what if in the movie he's talking about, what if we had this alternative life where we do more humanitarian work and able to give back to our most important relationships around us rather than just have a, a, a family where we just think more about ourselves, you know? And so in reality, Jensi bought into that. And so we have done humanitarian work in Haiti. We work with the Rotary Group and mm. love that. Love the, their mission, man. Um, and working with some groups in Baton Rouge that are uh, benefiting North Baton Rouge kids, helping them get jobs. So uh, our church has some two organizations, nonprofits that we work through. And um, so our lives have become very others focused. And beautiful. Um, it is not saying we couldn't have done that with kids, just a choice we made. Yes, indeed. So, so, so the feature so the is, feature is a romantic comedy, rom-com. And it's done? It's, it's done. And at the point of, uh, we have one funny situation. COVID 
happened right at the finishing of our movie and we had mm-hmm. one more scene to shoot, the actor would not come back from Los Angeles due to COVID. And so we have one more scene, literally one more scene to wrap up. We almost thought we could do CG to get it, to get it done, but <laughs> the money was too expensive. So we are done with everything except for this one scene. The sound's been done even. Wow. We just got to get this. And the color correction, the trailer, the thematic, the, uh, the cinematic trailer just came out uh, two weeks ago. So what's the name of the feature? Daisy and Smiling Jack. Daisy and Smiling Jack. So my nickname was Smiling Jack as a kid. The okay. story is not exactly our story. We had to, of course, you know, of course. add some... Extra little <laughs> juicy situations in there. But well, it is the premise is there. I can't wait to see it, man. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Tell Gen C I said hi. Absolutely, man. Yes, indeed. Thank yes, you. Indeed. All right, y'all. So this is Chancellor Zero Skidmore signing off for AC23. I will see y'all at a show. Peace.